this morning we're going to talk about prayer. I can't think of uh, any better passage than the one that we're going to deal with in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And I would encourage you to join with me there in Philippians. And I'm actually going to begin at uh, verse 4. But we're actually going to be looking at the text of verse 6 and 7. But I really like the, the focus. The book of Philippians, chapter 4, beginning with verse 4. Hear then the word of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me get back over here to Philippians in my newer American Standard Bible. The old standby. Um, this passage is about the heart of prayer. And I've thought a lot about the time that I've lived and the place of prayer in the Christian life. It, it, is, it is a tremendous gift in Christ to be able to pray, isn't it? Think about sinners... Saved and given the privilege of access. Now, I hope that the first point is that you recognize all that you have in Christ. I, I love Romans 5. Uh, therefore, uh, being justified, ju- therefore, we have been justified by faith uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. What do we have? Well, we have justification by faith. Um, we, then what do we have? Therefore, then we have peace with God. <laughs> Boy, you Christians have a lot. Did you know that? <laughs> and then uh, it goes on in, in Romans 5 and says, we have access. <laughs> we've obtained, we've obtained access through Him into the very presence of God. And uh, I like what we have. Matter of fact, you need to look at Romans 5 sometimes and go through it. All of, you'll be surprised at the list that you'll make of what the believer has in Christ. And uh, it's pretty amazing. I hope that you appreciate that. But this passage, I, I like the way it begins because it, it speaks to us uh, about God's remedy the issues that we face in this world are that are difficult. Be anxious for nothing. I like the contrast. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then he says, the Lord is, I like that, the connection. The Lord is at hand. Did, did you, did you notice that? The, the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. I tell you what, God has given us his son and his spirit and his presence to us that we might have some remedy from all the anxiety that we face in the world today. I don't know about you, but in the last two years, I've faced probably more anxiety than I've probably faced in a whole lifetime. It began with the death of a young boy. And then the death of a mother. And then here comes COVID. (laughs) Much of that comes into your life. It just seemed to stack, didn't it? And that seems to characterize. And then after all that, you would go home and look at the television and you would see all the destruction and the lawlessness, the political infighting. Did your heart ever get bothered? Has your heart been bothered the last couple of years? Well, me too. And I'll tell you the remedy that God has given and that is prayer. Did you know that? I hope that you never take for granted the gift that God has given you to pray in His Son, Jesus Christ. I've begun to hold that precious in life because life seems to move forward, doesn't it? And as we move forward, I don't know about you, but talking to the Lord... And asking Him to be near and to be close is a precious thing. It is a precious gift to have. And um, aren't you glad that we only have one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus to pray for us and by which we can enter into His presence and pray? Aren't you glad that we don't have to go through other human beings in order to pray and to seek God's face? And to call upon Him. I find it quite remarkable. Um, I've always been fascinated by Elijah the prophet. Um, Elijah, James tells us, the book of James at the end of it. uh, Elijah uh, was a man like unto us. And he prayed. And God answered. And I, I always thought, I always, Elijah... Elijah, when he lived his life, uh, he walked around like God was walking next to him or something. <laughs> and he, he just talked to him. <laughs> and God talked back to him. <laughs> and it was, I, I kept looking at that and I was saying, Elijah, uh, you're, you're talking like God is really there. <laughs> and guess what? 
He was. Yes, Patricia, he was. And I love that. He, he was and he is. Dr. Francis Schaeffer, the God who is there and he is not silent. And I tell you what, that has been the consolation, you see. The book of James is, uh, is that letter written about practical Christianity. And what is at the heart of the book of James? Prayer. It even starts out, uh, count it all joy, brothers, when you encounter various trials of different sorts, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and perseverance. And then it goes on. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, oh, now listen, we're talking about prayer. If any of you lack wisdom, let him what? Let him ask God who gives liberally the whole thread of prayer in practical Christianity is, is formed through the book of James. And then it comes down to the end of, of James. And I want to read you that section about Elijah. And I want you to just listen to it uh, as, uh, as uh, James puts it be, before us. And let's see if I can get to, to this. Here it is. Um, is anyone among you suffering? Listen, is any among you suffering? And I tell you what, this is the verse that I came to this last year or so. Is any among you suffering? The Scriptures are simple, isn't it? James says what? Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Let him pray. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. You know what praises should be in our life? Prayers of joy. You know, if if your songs that you sing in praise are not filled with goodness to God, every time you sing, I wouldn't sing a song that didn't give thanksgiving and praise to our Lord. <laughs> because when I make joy in my heart, as Philippians says, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say, rejoice. I want that rejoicing to have a direction, and I want it to have a character. I want the direction to be to the praise and glory of God. I want the orientation of it to be thanksgiving. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. What? With thanksgiving. A thankful heart is a heart that can pray. An unthankful heart is never satisfied with anything. Ouch. Listen to James. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is any among you sick? Is any among you sick? Listen. Any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Notice the collection of prayer here. Corporateness. Anointing Him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. So even prayer is confessional, isn't it? For suffering, for sickness, it's singular. 
It's plural. Christians pray together. And the elders are called to pray over their congregation. Even confession of sins can be forgiven through prayer. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Like that, pray for one another. So that you may be healed in more ways than one, I I suspect. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Don't you love that verse? The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. See, I I still like the old King James. You can tell how I was raised. (laughs) It availeth much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed. You see, it didn't have to do with Elijah. It was that Elijah belonged to God, and he knew it, and he acted like it, and he talked like it, so therefore he talked to the one to whom he belonged. It was only natural, or if I can put it this way, it was only supernatural that he talked to the one who saved him. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. What the Scriptures are telling you, Elijah was a man. (laughs) He was a created being. And the effectualness of prayer came through the righteousness of God in His presence in Elijah's life. The power of God in his life. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed. He prayed. How? He prayed. Earnestly. Do we know what that is to pray earnestly? He prayed earnestly. That it might not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the sky poured rain and the earth produced its fruit. My brothers, if any among you strays from the truth... And one turns him back, let him know that the one who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Don't you like the book of James? As it talks to us about the very practical nature in the Christian life with regard to that matter of prayer. R.C. Sproul said this. He said, an unbeliever... An unbeliever may pray. And we can talk about the nature of what that prayer is that an unbeliever prays. We will talk about that in a second. He said, but a believer can never be prayerless. An unbeliever may pray, and we can talk about the nature of his prayer. But the Christian can never be prayerless. I remember looking at this matter of prayer. And when I was a younger Christian, um, what I thought prayer was is that I, I thought prayer was that instrument that God had given us as Christians uh, to ask God what we wanted. And He was supposed to be the vending machine 
<laughs> that that gave me everything I wanted. And sometimes when the Lord didn't answer prayer, I would say, Dr. Gilchrist, I've been praying about this and uh, I haven't got the answer to my prayer. I'm just not happy Christian. <laughs> and Dr. Gilchrist says, Lonnie, have you been willing to accept his no? What? What? You mean God would say no to something that I would pray about? <laughs> I love, I love Ruth Graham Bell. I love, I, I enjoy listening to Billy sometimes, Billy. <laughs> I really enjoy Ruth. Ruth said, I'm so glad that the Lord didn't answer some of my prayers with regard to some of the men that I dated. She said, because I would have never met Billy. <laughs> and I, I always love, I always love that about prayer. Sometimes, uh, we think we know what we ought to pray for, but, but you know, I, I've discovered how selfish my prayers are at times. And when God shows me that, I'm ashamed that I'm a creature of my habits. I'm a creature of my worldly comforts and I'm a creature of those things uh, oftentimes of, of the world. And, and the Lord says no. Um, I like the prayer that we had today from the Puritan. I prayed for Egypt and he gave me a wilderness. Did you like that? <laughs> I prayed for Egypt. To return, to go back. I prayed for Egypt and you gave me a wilderness. Aren't you glad that God doesn't answer some of our prayers? Nevertheless, God uh, is not, um, not unkind or unwilling to hear us when we do pray. Romans 5 tells us that we, we in justification by faith, um, our lives are no longer at enmity with God. And because we have been reconciled by Christ and His mediation on the cross for us, we have peace with God. Don't you? Don't you? It didn't say we have the peace of God. It says what? We have peace with God. It's settled. Through Christ, and therefore, because we have peace with God through Christ, we are no longer aliens. We are no longer separated. We have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And we have His very access, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's the nature of prayer. There it is. Abba, Father. Isn't it good to be able to to pray. We have obtained, Romans 5 says, access. We've obtained access through Him into the presence of God. Which means um, that prayer has a specific nature. And the nature of pr true prayer is one that is made only through Christ. The other thing that Dr. Gilchrist told me, he said, Lonnie, he said, one thing I want to know from you um, have you prayed the first time before you prayed for what you wanted? 
And I said, what do you mean, have I prayed the first time? He said, well, Lonnie, listen, what I want you to know, that a person can't pray a second time until they've prayed the first time. What? Lonnie, you're asking God for something. And you want Him to answer your prayer, but you are not prayerfully willing to commit your life to Him in His saving work. Why should God answer you if you're willing to remain in your rebellion? You still want God to answer your prayer when you are not willing to humble yourself in His presence and accept the most fundamental gift that you have need in your life, and that is the gift of reconciliation between you and your sin and a Father who is holy. Lonnie, God wants to hear from you the first time in prayer before you can pray the second time. Let that first prayer be a prayer, O Lord, I have sinned against heaven and against you. You see, that's the foundation of prayer. Don't you know faith and repentance toward the Lord Jesus Christ gains you access into the presence of God? And listen, those are the prayers that are true prayers. No one comes unto the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Don't you know that that's talking about prayer? Of obtaining access into the presence of God. And the Bible says that only those prayers made by believing Christians who have had faith and repentance and sought His face and been received in Christ and been justified by Him and have peace with Him, those are the prayers that God hears. You said there are a lot of people who pray. God is great. God is good. Bless the Lord. Amen. Let's eat. That's not prayer. And thousands of people pray. Some people turn the prayer wheel. Some people clang the gong. Some people do yoga. Um, look at me, look at me. Um, um. <laughs> and they, they, they pray. And they think God is inward. But they are no prayers at all. They don't even reach the ceiling in which those people are in those buildings. I'm sorry. It's just not true prayer when it is not in Christ alone. That should... Speak to your heart about what you have in Christ. You as a believer are the ones who have been called to pray for this generation. Do you think that prayer should concern our hearts as the church and as believers? Yes. Pray for the lost. Pray for the lost. Because you are the ones who should be burdened in your heart for their reconciliation to God. You have been called to pray for the sick and for your neighbor and for believers and for God. You've been called to pray. You, the church, have been called to pray.
same place. And I discovered that I had not done that with It is a very difficult thing to know that deep down that there were times when you slighted prayer. And I want to tell you that prayer is not a beautiful sequility in which we quote a little um, quote or score. And seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this nation a new continent. <laughs> it's not quote. I'm, person when they pray are not making a speech to themselves or to others. But you're coming into the presence of God. You've come to seek the face of a holy God. Why is it that so often believers who pray are on their face before God? It is because it is a recognition of His holiness. I loved one of my elderly patients. She she was from Green Mountain and uh, grew up there. And um, and I said, Miss Gala, can can before I leave today, can I pray with you? You got to remember, this lady's ninety seven years old, and she the first thing she does is she gets up out of the rocking chair. She can hardly stand, and she turns around and she kneels on the cushion of the rocking chair, and she puts her hands together just like this, kneeling at the rocking chair. And I'm standing there as chaplain. Well, what do I do now? (laughs) Well, Lonnie, you get down there beside her. And you pray with her to the Lord. A fellow works at Cranberry House. He has the mop and the broom. He's walking down the hall. He does that job every day. Clint. Visiting patients, get ready to leave. And Clint follows me to the door. And he comes to outside of Cranberry House. And he says, Clint says, Chaplain Kent. Can, can I ask you something? I said, well, sure, Clint. He said, would, would, you, uh, would you pray for my daughter? She's involved in drugs. And, and she's been involved with it for a long time. And she got clean one time, but now she's all back into it. And going back into it's even harder now than it was before. He said, would you, would you just, as you get back to the office, would you, would you pray for, for my daughter? No, Clint, we're not going to wait to pray for your daughter when we get back to the office. We're going to pray for Sheila right now. Right now. Is prayer that urgent? Are you that close to the Lord? I love Elijah. Oh, God, catch up. Listen, I'm trying to get this work done, but listen, Lord, I'm the only one left. <laughs> you hear Elijah talking to the Lord. I love, I love it. But Lord, look, Ahab and Jezebel, they're after me. I'm the only one. Uh, listen, listen, Elijah. 
You're not the only one left. I have those who have not bowed to the knee in Baal in my land. Even when Elijah was not quite in step with God, God was most certainly sovereignly in step with him. Don't you know that that's what prayer is about? Relationship in Christ. And my prayers uh, might be here and my prayers may be there, but who sovereignly holds all those things in his hand one way or the other? Is it, is it not God to whom we talk and express our desires and our aspirations? Lord, I, sometimes I'll pray this way. Lord, I just don't know, but you do. <laughs> I don't know, Lord, but you do. And is it good to be able to at least have that as a foundation of your faith and your walk as a Christian? You may not fully know, but He does. And He governs all circumstances. You know, there are a lot of questions about prayer. Does our prayer change things? Does our prayer change the sovereign plan of God? I happen to think that it doesn't. But I'll tell you one thing that prayer does. Prayer changes my mind (laughs) about what that plan is. Amen. Isn't it good to pray to the Lord who holds the very direction of your life in His hand and that you can safely express your desires wherever that may be, up or down, and know that all things are in His hands in your life. All the way my Savior leads me. All the way. And through the ages I can say, all the way it was the Savior who led me. Isn't that a marvelous way to pray, to know that He already knows the end and that He's with you today and that He holds all of your past in His hands and that in Christ you've been forgiven and you're a child of His. Prayer is a tremendous, tremendous privilege that has been given to the believer. To the believer. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? The sovereignty of God in prayer. But it is not. Because I tell you more often than not, God has had to change my mind and my heart and my prayers to bring my life. And He's even had to say no to bring my life into conformity with His will for my life. And I'll tell you what, one of the joys of prayer is coming closer and closer to the Lord through His Word and through fellowship with the Spirit and through fellowship with Christ, coming closer and closer and closer to God as you continue to walk with Him and are sanctified, knowing that when we shall see Him face to face, we shall know as we have been known. Isn't it good what I told one Christian I hope that your death and your entrance into the presence of God is not a surprise. <laughs> I hope I hope that you've been talking to Him a little bit already so that when you did get home, you wouldn't say, Lord, thank you. It is good to see you face to face. Amen? Amen. Do you, do you pray like Elijah? Do you pray with the heart commitment? And listen, think about the Psalms. The book of Psalms uh, are are prayers in song. Prayers in song. And and think about the different kinds of prayers that you have in the book of Psalms uh, that that are recorded for us 
to pray and to sing. And some of those prayers uh, are about struggles with the world. Some of those prayers are laments over grief in their lives. And some of those, uh, some of those prayers are confessions. David, Psalm 32, Psalm 51. Those, those are prayers and look, they're recorded in scripture and sung, but they're at heart prayers. What is your prayer life like? The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. And you will be. If your life has not been troubled, it will soon come. Amen? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything... What did it say? Every... Everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And think about the response to that. Does it say that God will therefore answer, that God is the great vending machine that answers all of Lonnie's prayers just like He wants? And the peace of God, boy, that's important, isn't it? If I've got to go into the furnace and I'm not spared, so be it. But may that which we pray and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your minds and your hearts in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but if I've got to go through COVID, if I've got to go through death, if I've got to go through issues of this world of sorrow and difficulty, thanks be to God for those who pray in Christ. And at least who can say through all of that, I have the peace of God. I've been granted by God the answer to that prayer. The peace of God, which passes all understanding shall guard your minds and your hearts in Christ Jesus. Be people of prayer. You've been granted a great gift. You are the ones that represent the things of Christ as His church on the earth. Call upon Him. Seek His face. His mercy abounds forever for those who call upon Him. May the Lord be with you always. May you always ground and root yourself in a loving relationship to the Lord. And I encourage you to walk with Him daily and to depend upon His Word and His Spirit to teach you how to pray. Lord, teach me how to pray according to Your will. Lord, teach me to pray in difficulty. Lord, teach me to pray with rejoicing and with thanksgiving, even when my life is hurting. Lord, teach me how to pray in a way that is pleasing 
to you. Lord, teach me to pray earnestly, which I have not done in the past at times. Lord, teach me what it means to pray earnestly and with burden. And Amos's heart was burdened by the sins of the people. He prayed. May the Lord be with you. May you know the joy of prayer. Amen. Lord, this is the day that you've given us. We thank you for how you have called us in your Son, Jesus Christ, to be a people set apart unto you who seek your face. We're a royal priesthood. Lord, being a royal priesthood, uh, Lord, we've been given those duties and responsibilities to intercede in prayer, to pray for those who are suffering, to pray for one another. Lord, to lift up our hearts in confession and faith toward the Lord. That, Lord, we are to be concerned about those who are facing difficulty and trials in this world. To be concerned about the lost. And to pray that, Lord, would give us opportunity and that many might be saved through that gospel. Lord, we know not how, but we thank You, Lord, in our limitedness that we have the privilege in Your Son to call upon You. Lord, where our Request and desires do not conform with your will. Lord, change our hearts that our prayers might be effective. In Jesus' name we pray.